Welcome to our worship today for Mothering Sunday. Our thanks today go to Jacina Van Setten and Rosemary Patullo for our readings and to the choristers of St Martin in the Fields for our hymns. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, The first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. 
On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen, Lord, have mercy. The prophet Isaiah tells us to turn to the Lord and he will have mercy, to our God who will richly pardon. And so in this season of Lent, let us ask for God's forgiveness for the things that we've done which we regret, for the ways we've hurt others or damaged God's creation, knowing that God always forgives us. We say together, Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be, that we may do justly, love mercy and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God of compassion, whose Son, Jesus Christ, the child of Mary, shared the life of a home in Nazareth, and on the cross drew the whole human family to himself. Strengthen us in our daily living, that in joy and in sorrow we may know the power of your presence to bind together and to heal. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, while her attendants walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrews' children, she said. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son. She named him Moses, because, she said, I drew him out of the water. Our psalm today is Psalm 34, beginning at verse 11. Come, children, and listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who among you loves life and desires long life to enjoy prosperity? Keep your tongue from evil speaking and your lips from lying words. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, 
to root out the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears them, and delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and will save those whose spirits are crushed. Many are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. He will keep safe all his bones, not one of them shall be broken. The reading is taken from John chapter 19, verses 25 to 27. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Thanks be to God. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is Mothering Sunday, a lovely day of celebration for some, but a day which is fraught with complications for others. Some will find nothing but joy in this day. Those who have or have had wonderful mothers, those who have children who they delight in, may find this day very easy. But many don't. There are mothers who've lost children and children who've lost mothers, especially where there have been issues that make mourning complicated or difficult. They'll find this day tough. And there are those who never knew their mothers or whose mothers weren't able to care for them. And those who long to be mothers but haven't been able to have children of their own. There are mothers who are estranged from their children or whose children are a source of worry. And there are fathers bringing up children alone who have to be mum as well as dad. There are all sorts of reasons why today might be problematic, awkward, painful for some. That's why I'm glad it's Mothering Sunday and not Mother's Day that we celebrate today. Its origins are rather obscure, don't believe all you read on the internet, and its observance has waxed and waned in popularity over the centuries. But it's linked to the medieval custom of honouring Mother Church on this fourth Sunday in Lent. Today is also known as Litare Sunday, Litare is Latin for rejoice. The title comes from the opening words of the Latin prayer which would have begun this service, which quotes Isaiah chapter 66, verse 10. Rejoice, Jerusalem, it says. Isaiah goes on to describe Jerusalem as a mother feeding her children from her breast. Mothering Sunday was developed in its modern form in the United Kingdom early in the 20th century by Constance Adelaide Smith, and she drew on those ancient traditions. She was aware of the quite separate and secular Mother's Day, which was celebrated in, in the United States in May. But she wanted to put the emphasis not just on mothers, but on mothering in all its forms, including that of Mother Church, and that makes all the difference. It broadens out its meaning immensely. Frankly, if Mothering Sunday was just about biological mothers, the readings set for the day would be a rubbish choice. There aren't any hearts and flowers in those readings we've just heard. No one gets a box of chocolates or a lie-in, and the family set-ups they describe are full of pain. 
That's not unusual in scripture. You'd struggle to find any family that looks much like the 1950s ideal of the nuclear family. Mum, dad and 2.4 children, all biologically related and living happily together. In the Bible, there's polygamy, which is never condemned or outlawed, even by Jesus. The consent of the woman is usually not even sought, never mind required, for marriage. There's incest and adultery, siblings who murder each other or sell each other into slavery. There are women who conceive children and then give them up to others to raise, as Hannah does with Samuel, something that seems very strange to us. And of course, there are widows and orphans, many, many of them, left to fend for themselves in a world which has no room for anyone who's somehow fallen out of the conventional family structures. Reading the Bible can feel a bit like binge-watching EastEnders, except that I think many of the Bible's storylines would have been rejected by the editors as too shocking to be shown before the watershed. The Bible stories we've heard today are no exception to this pattern of unconventional family arrangements. A Hebrew woman gives birth to a baby boy at the worst possible moment, when Pharaoh has ordered all the Hebrew male children to be thrown into the Nile. She tries to hide him, but you can't hide a baby for long. So she makes a basket and covers it in pitch. It's a tiny ark. And then she leaves it at the water's edge. At least there is some hope that he might be found, rather than drowning or being eaten by crocodiles. And she's in luck. Pharaoh's daughter comes along and finds him. But that's problematic too, because how can the daughter of the man who's made this cruel order possibly help? Will she even want to? The baby is in luck too, though. He ends up with many mothers in his life. The mother who bore him, the big sister who watches over him, the princess who takes him under her protection and who I'm quite sure knows exactly what's going on. And there is all her entourage too, who keep mum about what they've seen. God isn't hindered by the vagaries and vulnerabilities that plague human attempts to build families the political and economic circumstances beyond people's control, the accidents and illnesses, ignorance or deliberate cruelty that blight the lives of so many children. God's idea of family is very much bigger and more flexible than ours. It's not the biological or legal connections which make a family in God's eyes, but the love and care people share, which can take many shapes and forms, and come from a multitude of sources. The same picture emerges in our Gospel reading today, just a couple of verses from John's account of the crucifixion. It's another story that I doubt you'd see referenced on a Mother's Day greeting card. Mary is about to lose her eldest son. Jesus is hanging on the cross, disgraced and dying. But he's the one who, in traditional Jewish thinking, would have been the head of the household and her main protector, since her husband seems to have died. Jesus doesn't entrust her to another male relative, though, despite having brothers who could have taken the task on. Instead, he makes a new family for her, with John, his disciple, who's also full of grief at the coming loss of his friend. He needs a mother, 
she needs a son, and they find what they need in each other. This is all of a piece with the message celebrated by the early church, which saw itself as a sort of family. In most families of the time, Roman, Greek or Jewish, everyone had a place and knew their place. In Roman families, even adult children were under the rule of the pater familias, the oldest living male in the family, who had absolute authority over them, including power to kill them in some cases. But the early Christian communities challenged all this. In the family of the church, everyone was equal. Men and women, slave and free, Jew and Gentile. Early Christian communities provided a family too for many who had lost their own. Slaves who'd been taken from their families. Widows and orphans who had no one to support them. People whose families might have rejected them because of their newfound faith. The new family Jesus made of John and Mary as he was dying was a symbol of this. God's love united them. God was the parent, the father and mother who drew them into this family. As a mother and a daughter myself, I think it's great to celebrate mothers on this day if we can. But Mothering Sunday should be good news for all people whether we share our genetic material or our homes with anyone or not. In a way, it should be especially good news for those who might not be either giving or receiving flowers and chocolates today because they have no children or no mother or their relationships with them are fraught or complicated. Mothering Sunday calls us to celebrate all whom we are called to love and be loved by. It calls us to open our eyes to those God calls us into family with and to celebrate God, the mother of us all, from whom all love ultimately comes. Amen. Gracious God, we thank you for the love we receive and the love you enable us to give, for the care of all who act as mothers to us. We pray that we will find in you a source of love which never ends and is never exhausted or destroyed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we pray for families of all shapes and sizes, whether biologically related or united simply by their mutual care. We pray for families which are struggling with poverty, ill health, or inadequate housing, with burdens that seem too heavy to bear and mountains too high to climb. We pray for families where there is abuse and where family members don't feel safe. We give thanks for all who help and support, formally and informally, in situations like these. Bless their work and give courage and hope to those who feel trapped in their families rather than nurtured by them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we pray for families torn apart by war, for families forced to leave their homes and their own countries, for families and unaccompanied children who seek safety as refugees among us. We pray for a just solution to the challenge of providing safe homes for all. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for our community and our church, 
that they might be places where all can find a welcome. Help us to see our responsibility for one another, to notice the needs around us, to see you at work in our midst and to join in with your work. We pray for our local organisations, our schools and businesses. And we pray especially for wisdom for all who are seeking to find ways of safely bringing people together in these difficult times. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we pray for all whom we are carrying on our hearts today, for those who are sick or anxious, for those who struggle with this day for any reason. In silence we bring them before you and ask for your blessing, comfort and healing for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we entrust into your keeping all who have died and those who mourn their loss. Remind us that we are all held together in your love and that nothing can part us from you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. As we prepare to share the peace now, I invite you to think of someone who you perhaps are separated from at the moment. It might be a member of our congregation at Seal, or a friend or a family member. Maybe there's someone you need to make peace with. This is a good time to think about them too, and to ask God to show you if there's anything you need to do to mend that relationship. Jesus said, Love one another. As I have loved you, so you are to love one another. The peace of the Lord be always with you. So let us pray. In darkness and in light, in trouble and in joy, help us, Heavenly Father, to trust your love to serve your purpose and to praise your name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ crucified draw you to himself to find in him a sure ground for faith, a firm support for hope and the assurance of sins forgiven and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.